Today, Integrity and Facebook turned special guest Jim into a millionaire. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Themes. Beautiful WordPress templates, beautiful landing pages, and perfect sales pages. Everything you need to make your business thrive. Go to servenomaster.com backslash Thrive Themes. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'd love to hear basically how you got started. You, you know, went from lawyer to kind of working for yourself. How did you make that jump? While I was working for a lawyer, especially I was working in a, in a UK law firm, one of the one of the big ones down there. So they basically monopolized my time from about 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. But past 8 p.m., I had time till about 2 a.m. because I lived pretty close to the office. And so I had probably four or five hours, five hours in a good day, four hours in a bad day to just hustle and, and do work. And during that time, I, I created a company by the name of Altitude Shoes. And it, it was just basically trying to sell products online. And, you know, it wasn't meant to be a, I, I thought it would create a passive income. It was just a way to kind of get involved with something else that would generate revenue outside the company. I really hustled, you know, all that stuff that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who showed up on my feed, constantly says about hustling after work. That's kind of what I did. You know, while people were out partying, I basically spent that time just trying to figure this website stuff out. And I eventually did. And, um, lo and behold, it, it kind of worked out, uh, made probably about 500, $800 a month for a few months uh, and high months to make a few thousand bucks. But from that point, I basically pivoted to a different company because this is a thing. Like a lot of the time, it's not just the iteration of a company. It's the iteration of uh, yourself. So what did I have to do then? I realized from that company that the key was in actually selling product online. And so I decided to go into, well, not decide to, I had to figure out how to sell product online. That's when I went to SEO. I started the SEO company based on that because as I started to do SEO for my site, my shoe site, other people who were friends, whatever, uh, contacts, they would come to me and ask me for SEO help. So I ended up creating a company around that. And then I, so I had this SEO company and I partnered with a few guys, made a lot of mistakes in that company as well. And then past that, that company, that's when I started to see the potential of paid traffic and media buying, right? And that's when I actually discovered uh, through another friend of mine who's, who was sort of tangential to that space that paid, paid traffic acquisition was the most scalable type of acquisition. And that's when I went into what is otherwise known as affiliate marketing. The initial escape of the nine to five really was right after the, between the transition of the, the shoe company and the, um, the, the SEO company. So it's within that transition that I actually escaped the law firm when I was like, okay, I'm making some reasonably good money on this. Nothing exciting. I left the law firm. Massive pay cut, moved out of my place, went into a beer apartment, and then just started to really focus on trying to make money and trying to work really hard to to build something outside of it. 
the you know did a lot of cold calls and that's where the the actual SEO company started to 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 rise quite quickly and yeah that was the and then you know in every one of these phases is also the transition so you know the the law firm helped me to build the shoe company the shoe company's revenues helped me to build the SEO company in fact the SEO company was derivative from it and then the eventual paid acquisition was funded almost by the SEO company because once I sold my shares to my partners it kind of bought me just like a year and all I needed was like six to 12 months, but it bought me a year of just being able to, to spend my time figuring out paid traffic acquisition. And I basically did nothing else during that time except focus on, on that and not, not make money. In the beginning, it was very difficult to make money. So luckily I had the runway of a year and more time because that was kind of supporting me. Okay. So you had enough money saved up from a year, for a year from selling off your shares in the SEO company. And that gave you like the breathing room to work all day, every day and not have to have a day job while you were trying to learn paid traffic. Right. But even before then, during the shoe company, I was making some from the shoe company. I also like, I did a, a bunch of things like shoe company. I had a few online products. There were a few things that I was doing, even just like random other hustles that I was doing just to make money while I was in the law firm in order to come out of it and be able to survive to build the SEO company. So it was actually the the shoe company plus like some info products that I created. Like it just kind of just bought me that time to really focus. You know, to if you look at my life back then, like at the at the point of the actual shoe company, you could say that like I had achieved some form of, of autonomy. You know, because I was already doing reasonably well, but I wanted to take things to the next level. Like I didn't want to be within like the 50 to 100,000 a year mark. I wanted to be in the millions in, in a year mark. And eventually when I hit that, the way that that actually all kind of fell into place was, was because I basically hit this, you know, this level of being able to be autonomous, but not really living, uh, inverted commas, baller lifestyle, you know, but then it just freed the time up. And I used that time. I didn't use that time to travel. I didn't use that time to like, party i use that time to basically focus you know to, to to put into the next thing and that's why i feel like you know that that's that's why i was able to take things to the next level so in direct response to your question it was just the the side hustles and the shoe company uh and like the info products and just everything i was doing to to get me out of the 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 habit of the relying on my income from the law firm and then past that point you know building on that strength to continually grow from strength to strength to strength, basically. Okay. So during this year where you're learning paid traffic, how did you go down that path? Like, how did you choose the type of products you're going to try and promote? How did you try to learn to buy traffic? Can you tell me a little bit about that process and that experience? I, okay. So this is past the SEO company, right? And into paid traffic. So with paid traffic, what happened was I ended up joint venturing with a lot of people. In the beginning, the joint ventures weren't making uh, any money. And then uh, some, some made a little bit of money. I just tried to work with as many people as I could, like really get lost in the field, start from the ground up and do a lot of reading, a lot of testing, lose a lot of money. It was very depressing for probably, probably that entire year. Like the entire year was very depressing. The year after, even though I was making some money, it was still kind of depressing. It was a lot of time and effort and energy put into things which weren't really hitting. And one day a buddy of mine comes along and he says, but you know, the accumulation of everything I was learning from these joint ventures and the continual knocks that I received downwards were little to my knowledge 
um, shaping me for, you know, the eventual successes because eventually what happened was a friend of mine was like, Hey, you've helped me out a lot. I really like you. Um, here's a cool can, here's a, uh, campaign he was for a group on. He gave me his campaign. He's like, just don't run it in the UK. And he kind of mentored me through it a little bit, right? I'd helped him on some other things in the past. And this is like, I'm a big believer of like being a, a forward giver and not necessarily thinking too much about what to receive in return in the beginning. But, um, he goes, look here, take this, take this campaign. But it, it wasn't that it really wasn't that he gave it to me, right? Before then, I had known what Facebook was about. I'd known how the account system worked. I know, I'd known, uh, how to launch successful ads. I know how to get a creators approved. I know where to get accounts. I'd known like, I, I, I understood, and this is primarily Facebook. I understood exactly. I was living and breathing it. I was, I understood that. I understood the funding cycles. I understood back then when I was using affiliate networks, I understood affiliate networks. I understood offers like I had launched campaigns before. So this was, it was like I could do it within 20 minutes. And then I was also stronger on understanding the platform itself. So, and I was actually more creative because I didn't put through a lot. You know, so when he gave me this, I basically expanded it into, you know, multiple thousands of dollars a day in, in net, um, because of the talent that I had with, or the, 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 the ability that I had with both platform and creative and like ad type and stuff like that on, on the Facebook platform. So yes, of course, it was kind of lucky that I helped him and that he was helping me back. And trust me, I helped numerous people. Like for one of him, there were 20 that I'd helped. Right. And I'm just so lucky that I kept helping people. You know, I'm so, so lucky. And then from there, that was really the first time it kind of really clicked for me in that real, in that it wasn't really a joint venture. It was more that, that relationship. But you know, it was bound to happen more. I think about it. I was just talking to so many people. It was, you know, it was a inevitability that I would achieve some success at some point because I was hustling so hard. I was I was like literally so focused. It was unbelievable. You know? Okay. So, what was your next crux point? Like, what was the next moment where you jumped up another level? Uh, okay. So the next moment was after that point, I started to get some attention in the industry, right? Like, because they were like, "Oh, so this guy's not just a hack." Like, he's you know, because at that point, before that point, like, you know, I try and spend money, wouldn't make it money, and people were trying to help me, and I just not that I didn't get it, I just couldn't i didn't have the you know and he gave me like he working with this guy seeing what a real campaign looked like seeing one that actually made money and having him as not a mentor he didn't really mentor me he's just like if i had a mentor that would have been even more fantastic right he cut my learning time down by i don't know a lot but you know a mentor has to feel ingratiated towards you or he has to feel like he wants to help you you know and they're very difficult to find mentors so especially good ones like a lot of people will mentor you and they're actually not so good themselves, you know, and that's, that's actually a, a big problem because it will limit your, so success, but sometimes that's all you have to cling on to and you kind of got to cling on to it. The next time was actually like, the, I would consider him the first guy to be a mentor. The second guy was just because I started growing from strength to strength. So past that campaign, I partnered with someone else and immediately we became profitable on another, it was a, a biz op campaign at that point in time, right? Business opportunity. And then past that point, it was just because I started to introduce myself to more people, know more people, have a higher quality of person that I was surrounded with. And 
you know, I just kept trying to work with people, kept trying to work with people in the hope that, you know, I continually basically evolve and that, that can happen. And then I got a reputation for being fair. Like what I really hated was people to lose money, you know, and I would never take really unfair margins. I would never take like, I would always think of the other person and I still have that reputation now and it serves me so well because, you know, there are times where I've literally lost like 40 to 80 grand just because of a business transaction that did, did badly. And I will never work for that person again. And if anyone ever asks me with that, about that person, I can't give them a, a good um, introduction. But it's the, the impact of the reputation that I was building. I didn't even see this, right? But I didn't like the fact that other people, if other people were to lose because I was winning, especially the people I was doing business with, right? So instead, I tried to create situations where as much as possible, there was a fairness of, of the transaction. And uh, they felt they were getting a good deal, and I felt that I was getting a good deal as well, right? And if they ever lost, I mean, sometimes like I would just take losses because I didn't want my reputation to be damaged. And all this actually led to us. And you know, in the book Give and Take, the author says that it's really the givers. It's in terms of who succeeds the most. It's the givers at the very bottom, the takers at the top, and at the very, very top, there are the givers, right? This is the way of the world, he says. This is like in, in his studies, and you know, he's a Stanford professor or something like that, right? And I feel like I was not at the very bottom, but I definitely wasn't like hitting it super hard. But one day, someone comes to me and he goes, oh, hey, uh, I've got someone I want to introduce you to. Can you, do you mind helping him out? He's got issues with accounts and he doesn't know how to fix them. He's amazing, like really good. And you're the only one I trust to actually work with him because whenever I send someone to you, they come out feeling like that, you know, there's a good deal or you help them or, you know, something I was like, Oh, dude, no problem. You know, send him over. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I, I get, you know, occasionally you may meet other affiliates and, you know, you just have conversations, but, you know, and this, this kid, he was like 19 at the time. He goes to me, Oh, there's this new uh, ad format I'm looking at. But I don't have any accounts. Do you mind if I launch on yours? And I was like, well, I'm kind of busy with mine. I go, I guess, you know, if you really want, we can have a joint venture, you know? And he goes, yeah. He's like, I'm not sure. He's like, but, you know, I've never heard someone speak. Because truly, when someone joins ventures with you, you can really steal a lot of their like campaigns, a lot of their stuff, you know? So, um, so I, I was like, look, I go, I can, all I can do is like give you my word that I won't steal it. That we'll run it together. You know, that's why he, he's recommending you to me. But, you know, I can give you some tips on, you know, how Facebook accounts work and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I have my, my allocation. I don't have more and they're being used. And he goes, look, let's just do it with one. And this kid basically discovered like, had discovered a glitch in, uh, it wasn't a glitch. It was just like the, the first time a, a specific ad format had come out. He was just like able to generate thousands of percent in ROI, like immediately, you know, that, that, that singular joint venture changed the way because it, it basically converted me. Like then I started to get people's real attention because we were doing so much volume. You know, we, we started really getting the attention of big people. We started, I started getting invited to the more private industry events. So even now, like it, I have full access to the, to the largest affiliates. If I really want to, I'm, I'm kind of retired now, so I don't use it anymore. I, I made it very, very clear to everyone that they were not to impinge upon, not to steal his 
his glory, you know, uh, not to not to steal his campaigns, not to steal anything, and just to um, yeah, you know, but that was fine. Like he wasn't running in Germany, for example. So you know, we were just like, okay, well, I guess we'll run Germany, and so that was kind of a big leap. And then after that, you know, it's like you hit a level that you're actually very comfortable. It's not comfortable. It's difficult to for anyone to uh, to take what you have because then I started getting invited to very very exclusive events, offers, different business opportunities, different partnership opportunities, and from that point, it was so easy for me to create value, even just by way of my relationships with people. Like I could introduce some X to Y and create a lot of value, and sometimes I would get something from it, and sometimes I wouldn't. But the point being. I was all of a sudden someone who, because of the, the, the contacts I made from these, you know, because I was considered to be one of the best uh, after, after those times or, or really like a, a serious player that they started introducing me to other serious players and more people started to pay attention. And then it's a very small uh, number of people who are at the top who, who sort of share, share the power and they're all doing like, incredible incredible numbers millions a year but they don't talk to many people like you know i don't do many interviews like this because i just don't want people having a clue how i did it what i did like it's not really why would i do it right because it doesn't make any sense for me like it's not that i don't want other people to know but i'm i'm really focused in pursuing you know i don't want everyone coming to me you know newbies or whatever else uh, and asking me how I did stuff because for me that's that's kind of low rent as opposed to creating really massive business deals and opportunities which I am doing still doing now that can create huge huge amounts of value you know between the power players as opposed to the the small ones that's that's kind of why because I have a very strong reputation with the right people and I think that's that's what's important I have no desire to to have a reputation amongst the masses let's say you know sure so. Really, it basically was a combination of your really hard work, like putting your head down and focusing for a year or two to really yeah. learn Facebook ads, combined with basically your networking skills, like like the part of opportunity. Yeah, and and networking skills, like exactly, and networking skills has to do with adding value, amazing experiences for the person, providing good emotions, and the last one is making sure that when people are around you, when they contact you. They win or they feel like they, they won. That's so important. That last one, you can manipulate all you want on social relationships. If people don't win when they're around you, it, and I say win, I don't mean necessarily financially. It may be that they feel good. It may be that they have, they feel good. They have a good time. There's amazing experiences. They might, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the thing is that you can create the most value. That's networking. In networking, in my opinion, is the ability to touch someone and make their life better. You know, you have the intention, but do you actually do it? Like, and most people will say yes, but I have created millions of dollars for other people. I've introduced people to their future wives. Like, I've done things which have tremendously added value. Not one where it's like, oh, I try and make people around me better off. Because everyone tries to do that, right? But the actual attainment of value when they're around you, of tangible actual value like that is high level networking in my opinion you know now i can do it very easily if someone needs x and y then i can easily say this person can also provide x and y you know here i'll connect it to and that is massive value in itself does that make sense yeah 
so much of my success came from our relationship. You taught me a lot about networking, forming relationships, and all of the stuff that kind of we were doing in London a long time ago really is how I built my business in America. So, you know, I'm a believer. That's why I'm so excited to have a little time with you because it's kind of like most people are used to hearing it from me, but now they're getting the same information like from the source, from where I learned it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Thanks, man. That's a, that's a, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> if you remember, like I remember so vividly when I showed up at that one meeting and you were like, how did you even get here? And it was like, that was my beginning networking skills. Cause two different guys invited me and that was the beginning of our relationship. You know, we became buddies. It's true. And so, so many people, I think, struggle with understanding the value of giving value. You know, I try to do the same thing where I give people like a good experience and give people a good feeling and try to do the same type of connecting things. And it's so valuable because you never know where like, we just got back in touch. We haven't talked in a few years just because someone else asked someone for a favor. Daniel asked Jesse, then Jesse put Daniel in touch with me. And then now you and me are talking and, you know, it's like, these little things, you know, putting out these strong exactly. relationships. Exactly. They pay off so slowly sometimes. Like sometimes you just do someone a favor and six years later they pop up. That's, that's, that's exactly what happened with the first, remember I told you the first break? That's exactly what happened. Like I had not heard this guy for literally three years or something like that. And he hits me up and he's like, Oh, I've got, Oh, uh, he was just like, I got this thing and I want you to, 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 to see it because it's life changing and you changed my life. And it was just, such a weird moment, you know what I mean? So, huge, huge, huge. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, put it that way. Really, the, the most important things people can do starting out would be to really focus on their networking, help, putting value into the world. Like, a lot of people think that, oh, I have no value to offer. And I always say that start off by just giving people a good time, make people feel good, tell people, give people a good experience is enough. Most people, like I go to a lot of events, you know, and I know people that like make crazy amounts of money. Like some of the people I've worked with are doing big money, you know, $10 million, $20 million a project. And everyone walks up to them, pitching them ideas all the time. But then the one person who walks up and is just friendly and says, Hey, your products were amazing. You're such a great guy. I really appreciate it. That's the person he wants to talk to. Yeah. But see, I, I feel like you don't even have to go to that level. Like, the disadvantage of being that person, honestly, of, of the, I wouldn't even approach people at that level at, in the beginning, right? I would approach them only by way of, Hey, how are you doing? Just, just not even trying to get anything, just like being on their radar ping because you, you have nothing to offer them and you have nothing to like, but you can develop it, right? What is the number one thing you can offer to someone? It's your ability to execute and the things that you have learned, like, the fact that I execute very well, if I go into any industry and execute well, it's still value to someone, right? So this is, this is what I mean. It's like, instead of going up to those people, go up to people who are maybe a, a level or two above you and say, Hey, can I, is there anything I can do? Like, I, I can execute this for you. I can execute, you know, take a percentage, take whatever, take, you know, let me execute for you. And of course they're going to say yes. You know, it's the way that, that, that my team works even like, you know, it's the way I brought people into our, into, into my company. Just by way of, of, of them saying to me, look, I can execute. Let me do some stuff for you. I'm like, okay, look, I have opportunities. Fine. Go ahead and execute. You know, cause otherwise I w there wouldn't be nothing in the table. And that's, that's big. And eventually your, your, your value, if you like, goes on to become your network and other things like your, the, the fact that people trust you. That, that in itself is a huge, huge, 
that, that, that trust factor is, is massive. Like, you know, now if I tell someone, cause I just won't be introduced people who I, I can't trust with the job, but if I tell someone that X and Y are going to do well together and X and, you know, I tell that to X and tell that to Y, then they'll work together based on the trust that they, that, that they have with me. Cause they know that when I put them together like that, then they should take it seriously, you know, because there's a opportunity and B their reputation, not just with the other person, but with me is on the line as well. And so this is a different level though. And what, so what I'm trying to say in, in summary is that I wouldn't approach them for the, I mean, maybe, maybe you could, you know, maybe, you know, again, like go out with them, have a good time. And eventually something, that's how some of the guys got to work with me. Like, and literally there's this one kid and he, he just, he would go out all the time. And honestly, he just got me girls really strange. And, um, <laughs> back in that, you know, back in the day but i was like and then eventually he's like you know i liked him i could see that he was trying to add value and i could see like i could also see he wanted to like learn from me and i was like you know i t- told him outright there's no chance of me teaching him anything then like six months later circumstances change but he's still adding value doing nothing except adding value so circumstances change there's an opportunity and he's like look let me let me jump on this and i was like okay now he's crushing it doing like really well you know so yeah you're right it's like adding value and, and being able to execute that's that's I would definitely agree with that. Okay. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you like giving so much solid knowledge. And you know, I know you don't do interviews very often and you kind of stay in the shadows, which I totally understand, but I think this is like some amazing information to really help people kind of find a path to escaping their own cubicle prisons. To celebrate the launch of the Serve No Master podcast, I'm giving away some epic prizes. You could win an Amazon tap and have me personally turn you into a best-selling author. To win your part of over $20,000 in prizes, go to servenomaster.com backslash contest. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.